Hello and welcome to The Register. I'm Caleb. I'm Blake. And we're back with another uh, like five degrees of LS Dunes. <laughs> this is the final one though, so thanks for hanging in. Uh, I'm not for sure if anyone likes that we do like a series of multiple bands or like we did Ghosts, like the whole discography, mm-hmm. but uh, don't have a ton of feedback, so I don't know. I like it. I think it's cool. I think it's cool, so. too, and I want to do more bands <laughs> yeah. like that, but um, we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, today's the final band, and it's going to be uh, Coheed and Cambria, which, again, I talked about on, um, what was that? Oh, Circus Survive, how they're on um, Equal Vision Records, mm-hmm. and for such a like incredible, like epic album... It's hard to realize or think about that they were on a independent label. It just seems way bigger than that. Like when they made this one? Yeah. Really? The first two albums were. Wow. Okay. I had no idea. That that's like I don't know if that like really speaks to their talent or yeah. what, but I would have never guessed. That's the same uh, label as Circus Survive was on. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, the first two albums were on that and I don't think they signed to Atlantic until like their third album. Oh, okay. So that's when they got like huge, huge. But anyway, yeah, funny, right? Yeah. Sounded really good. They were on MTV and everything. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. Weird okay. time. It was a weird time for music. Yeah, it was. A lot of underground stuff was not so underground. But anyway, uh uh this album is their second album, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Came out in nineteen ninety five. Um Coheed's from um uh, Nyack, New York. They're an alt rock, alt metal, post hardcore, emo, bit of everything. And uh, this is a concept album based on a science fiction series written by Claudio, um, The Emery Wars. Mm-hmm. And the album's title is In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. I'm sorry, they were formed in 1995. Yeah. The album came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Um, it's about 70 minutes long. It's a, It runs a little long. Yeah, it does. But for something like this, it's to be expected. Mm-hmm. It's an epic tale. And uh, this album produced three singles, A Favorite House Atlantic, Blood Red Summer, In Keeping of Silent Earth 3, all incredible songs for mm-hmm. sure. And I feel like a lot of people know those three songs too. Oh, yeah. They were like super popular. Yeah. Uh, Still are, I think, like oh. for people that know Coheed. Yeah. Or don't know Coheed, I think that would be an even better way to say it. Um, and uh, th- this album sold like 500,000 copies, and it peaked at 52 on Billboard Top 200, which we just talked about Circus Survive, and theirs was like 180-something. Yeah. That's a, like a big difference. Right? You know? Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I... I like this band, and I'm liking them more and more as I listen to them, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, building up to this podcast. I liked them back then, didn't love them, tried to get into them, but uh, I had a friends group that wasn't into them at all, and that didn't make it any easier for me to listen to them. Right. Because no one wanted to hear it. I had to listen to it by myself, and no one would talk about it. Um, I didn't know a ton of other people that listened to them at the time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have anybody discuss it. So I just it kind of like went by the wayside for me. Sure. I get it. Um, how did you get into them? Um, I was like, I, I don't know. This like memory sticks out perfectly in my brain. I was walking po- uh, past the 
like TV in my living room and I saw like the music video for A Favor House Atlantic uh, and I was like, holy crap, yeah. what is this? I remember that. I remember I was like, I was probably like 19 or so and I remember mm-hmm. like waking up early and watching like VH1 and stuff like that and uh, it was played like over and over and over. Yeah, that's how I found out about them was uh, that song and that music video and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is... Yeah, Something I didn't else. know about them until that either. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's just a memory that like sticks out in my brain. Like. Yeah, and I want to say too, like this is one of those albums that um, I feel like you need to like sit down and listen to mm-hmm. either on the couch with a couple people or just sit down with headphones on, have a drink of your choice, and really uh, dedicate uh, seventy minutes to right. Um, just my opinion, but I feel like with today, I was just, I was just thinking about this on the way here. A lot of albums are way better when you hear them with like headphones on, especially over the ear headphones. Okay. Yes. You know, bigger speakers and things and more bass and just more detail and everything. But everyone now it's an earbud society. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you think there would just be more talk about albums and how they sound and things like that, but I personally don't hear it. Yeah, you know, um, I'm like, I love my AirPods. They're probably, like, my favorite purchase. There's a difference in, like, listening to music when you're driving or in your house, like, cleaning or doing whatever, than, like, just when you have your AirPods in. You pick up and, like, hear so much more. And there's, like, no external noises. So you can really focus and hear the music. Mm -hmm. And I'm obsessed with my AirPods. I wear them all the time. Yeah, like I had a um, like a Sony Walkman and a Discman and stuff like that. And yeah, you're walking around, but I feel like earlier on, like you would really like sit down with headphones and listen to like your record player or something. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. Now it's just like the norm. So I don't maybe people don't focus as much. They're kind of like shopping and yeah. you know, doing whatever, cooking. I don't know. Just kind of funny to me. Yeah, no, because you're exactly right too. I remember like sitting in my room as like a kid and a teenager and. I had one of those portable CD players, yeah, you know, and uh, I would actually like take time to sit down and listen to music. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's usually when I'm doing something. It's second. Like it's just something to do while you're doing something else. Right. Yeah. Yes. Cool. I don't know. I just felt like I had to bring that up. I yeah. Just, I was like, wow. I had like an epiphany or something. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. I'm going to let you take the reins here. Um since you found out that uh, Claudio has this Amory Wars series, the comics or um, listen, whatever you call them, I love anything sci-fi and fantasy. Mm-hmm. This is like right up my alley. I tore through like the book and like the graphic novels and and everything. It's in honestly, it's probably one of my favorites next to Lord of the Rings. I don't think I'll ever read anything that tops that for me. That's I mean that's that's fair. Pretty crazy, yeah. yeah. But um. <laughs> Man, this is what a great like story. And then to have the albums that tie into the story, I think is just perfect. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, it's one thing to be like an incredible musician and being in like an incredible band with other incredible musician musicians, but then it's a whole nother level when like um you have like uh graphic novels to go along with it and a right. crazy epic story that plays along with it. Like, yes. That's just 
I don't know, kind of mind-boggling, you don't really see that. I know, and that's what kind of blows my mind about it, is because not only do you have, like, this music floating in your head, you have a story for it also yeah. in your head. I've, like, honestly never had the desire to meet anybody famous. I just don't want to. But I would love to meet Claudio Sanchez and pick his brain about this story because it's just super cool. When you Let me ask you this. When you were... Um It'd be one thing to like read them first and then hear like mm-hmm. the album, but hearing the albums first and then reading them, could you be like, oh, okay, this is what that one song was oh, about? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because I'd heard all of the songs and stuff before I read the, the graphic novels. But so then, like, reading through the book and the graphic novels, I was, I could pick, like, oh, okay, this makes sense, and then go back and listen to the album and be like, wow, that really makes sense, what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Now, some songs in this album and in other ones just don't go with it at all, like with the storyline, and that's cool, that's fine. It it doesn't bother me at all. So, um, And that's with some other concept albums, too. They could be, like, we've we've done several, and, like, some songs just don't, they're just songs on the album right. for whatever reason. Right. And and that's kind of like what I picked up from this one, too. So I think there's like maybe like one or two songs on here that just don't relate to the books. Now, mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I could just be missing something or um, just not picking up whatever the song's about. Yeah, it's a lot of information. It <laughs> is. It's, man, it's information <laughs> overload sometimes. <laughs> I wonder... Um, just because we're talking about this, I wonder if Claudio has been on a podcast or anything and explained it or like any YouTube videos or anything. Like, I don't know. But now that you've said that, I really want to go. It's probably, it'd probably be worthwhile looking yeah. into. Because I know there's like YouTube videos of like people explaining like, um, you know, like doing like a recap of the, the graphic novels or like this is what I think the song is mm-hmm. about. But um, I never really looked into if he said that yeah it'd be interesting yeah all right you want to um start with like the story before we get into the album yes um so okay okay it's a it's we're going deep we're yeah we're gonna do it like i'm not gonna go too deep though because we could be i could be here like all day of course so uh, you don't want to spoil everything for everybody right right and i I really think everybody should read these because they're super cool and a lot of fun and you know you kind of think it's gonna go one way and then it doesn't and Mm. that's kind of disappointing but it's the story so it's fine so uh specifically this album in keeping secrets of silent earth three this follows claudio who is the son of coheed and cambria so We're going to go back in time and I'm going to explain a little bit about so we kind of know where we are in the story. So this whole thing is set in um, Heaven's Fence. Heaven's Fence has 78 planets and it's connected like by these blue light beams called the Keywork. And, you know, you've seen their logo. Everybody's seen their logo with the triangle and the circles. Yeah. That is Heaven's Fence. Um, now within Heaven's Fence, there are three like types or, of people. You have the mages who kind of like run everything. You have the man who they do all like the work and stuff. And then you have the prize and they're kind of like up in the sky. They're like the protectors. Okay. Okay. So now Claudio's parents, they're Coheed and Cambria and they were created by uh, Dr. Hohenberger and he also uh, created Inferno, who is also 
in iRobot. And he basically created them to stop Wilhelm Ryan. Now, Wilhelm Ryan, he's the bad guy through, like, this whole story. Okay. And he was a mage. But then he, like, ruled over one of the sectors, and there's 12 sectors. But that wasn't good enough for him. He wanted, like, more power. He became super power hungry. So he started the mage wars and started killing off or imprisoning all of the mages. And everybody, you know, like, everybody was like, this is terrible. This is a really bad idea. So they tried to take him down. Um, Coheed, Cambria, and Inferno, they go to the House Atlantic where Wilhelm Ryan is. They have a battle, but, you know, he doesn't die. So there's a lot more that happens between that and then, but I want everybody to read the books, and I don't want to ruin it, so I'm not going to tell you, but... In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, like I said, we're with Claudio, a grown-up Claudio. Okay. Coheed and Cambria, they're not around anymore. So, now I think we can get into the album and I'll kind of explain what's going on. Okay. Um, so, I guess we can just start with, uh, let's see, the first song, The Ring in Return. Yeah. This one starts out with, uh, you know, like the phone ringing mm-hmm. and the woman answers mm-hmm. and it's got like that, uh, that instrumental like opening to me. Absolutely beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, I love it as well. I think it's one of the coolest intros. Um, it kind of sets it up like this is going to be like uh like I think of it like Zelda kind of like yeah. music and stuff like this is an adventure and mm-hmm. it's adventure music. Yes. You know, it's not your typical I don't know, rock intro. Right. You know and what I mean? It's that's what I loved about it. It's like something that could be in like a sci fi or fantasy mm-hmm. movie and it really gives you the feel of you know, like, we are about to dive, like, right into this. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I, th- I think it's incredible. I did, too. I thought it was beautiful, but then it turns, like, scary. Yeah. And ethereal. And so you hear the woman in the phone say hello. And then you hear the guy at um, the end speaking. Now, the girl, and these are these are just my opinions. And if anybody disagrees with me about what I think these songs mean or are about, please message me because I would love to talk about it and kind of see what other people are thinking um, about all these songs. But anyway, what I gathered from this was that uh, it was a woman called Nuo. Now, earlier in the story, or like in the series, Claudio is in love with a girl named Nuo, but a bunch of stuff happens and he can't be with her. So when you open up um, and keeping secrets of silent earth three, it opens with Claudio sitting in a backyard talking to a dog. Um, he keeps trying to call Nuo, but he doesn't like have the nerve to talk to her. So as soon as she says hello, he hangs up now. Um, when he says like the, what is it? Like the good Apollo. Apollo is the dog. So he's sitting in her backyard talking to a dog named Apollo. And that's kind of like what this is about. And it like that's what like kind of starts the story. Is that the name of the third album? Yes. Yeah, chronologically, uh yes. Um but yeah, so that was a like 
great intro. So then we move on to the second song in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. Mm-hmm. And this intro just rolls perfectly mm-hmm. into this song. Yeah. Like it couldn't have been done any better. Mm-hmm. Um I really like this song. I thought it was great. Um did you like it? Yeah, I like it. Uh it has a really nice build up as you say it like uh really fluid and uh yeah, I like it a lot actually. Yeah, I thought it was great. It's a long song. Mm-hmm. It's 8 minutes and I think like 12 seconds. Yeah, that is so a long song. It's long, but I I usually like lose attention, but I don't in this song because I think yeah. it's I like the way it's put together. Um, yeah, I have about three and a half minutes in me, give or take. Mm-hmm. Depends on the song, but yeah, that's that's quite a bit. Yeah. Now this one, there's a line in the song that says "Man your own jackhammer." Yeah. Now. There's a planet uh, within Heaven's Fence called Donar, and it's like a water planet. It w- it's like covered in water now. Um, while they were there, they're fighting this guy. His name is uh, Mayo Deftenwolf. He is a general for Wilhelm Ryan. So he's like also a bad guy. Uh, so they're fighting like under the water and... Mayo's weapon is a jackhammer, like or like something like called a jackhammer. Mm-hmm. Um, they also talk about uh, there's like a line that says the one they call the visual that bears the gift. Now, I told you about Inferno. His name is also Jesse. Um, he created two iRobots to help him take down Wilhelm Ryan. One is Chase, who's the visual, and then the other one is Sizer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they've got their powers or, you know, whatever. But I also think that this song might be about her, too, since they specifically mention the visual. So okay, that's what I gathered. Uh, next, we move on to the third song. It's Cuts Marked in the March of Men. Yeah. Did you? What do you think about this one? Not bad. Um, I like it. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have anything bad to say about it. It doesn't. Nothing really stands out to me. Mm-hmm. But. I kind of felt the same way. Um, I don't dislike the song. I think it's a good song, but it's not my favorite on the album. Yeah. Um, this one, I think it relates to the story in that. Um, they have like a battle and within that battle chase is captured and sizer takes her place to you know to like save her so that's kind of what i gathered from this one too but like i said i don't i don't dislike it um i think it was a good song but it's not my favorite on the album yeah i agree Mm -hmm. so now the fourth song this is three evils embodied in love and shadow yeah uh one of my favorites on the album yeah, it's definitely more of like a upbeat, poppier, mm-hmm. um, catchy for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, I think it's a fun song to sing along to. Uh, I enjoy listening to it very loudly in my car and singing along. Are they? Do you, are they like huge Beatle fans or something? Is that where the Kukukuchu comes in? Like, I I don't know. I wondered that. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't, I've never looked it up, so I have no idea. Um, 
I hope they're not. I don't like the Beatles. <laughs> well, we're, I mean, to each his own. That's all for this episode. Yeah. No, I don't care. I don't like them either. I, I just, I'm not a fan. I don't. Yeah, I don't hate the fucking Beatles, but I don't love them like everybody else loves them. I don't either. I don't get it. But a lot of my friends agree. They, they influence a lot of the bands that we listen to. Yes. We don't have to be fans of the Beatles. Like, it's okay. And I am absolutely um, not yeah, at all. It's all right. Um, I get it. I get why you have four incredible songwriters. Like they, they changed rock and roll. Blah 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 blah. Uh, they did change recording, which they were the first band to do like stereo sound. Really? Recording. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, and I'm not knocking what they've contributed to right. music. I think they've done a ton. Right. It's just personally for me, I do not like their music. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't dig a. Um, not that they're all hippie, but like when they changed over to hippie stuff, I'm just not a huge fan of. I like some psychedelic stuff, but not like a ton of it. Yeah, and uh, it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I agree. No yeah. worries. Let's move on. Right, right. This is not a Beatles no, hate it's not. podcast. I just had to get that out. Uh, so in the previous song, Sizer, you know, gave himself up for Chase. So now, like, there's a part in the book where Mayo is like torturing him. There's a part in the song that says sever the limbs from his torso. And um, that's, I think, relates to uh, Mayo, like, torturing him. And then pull the trigger and the nightmare stops. That is what Sizer says to Mayo in the book. Mm. So that's kind of, like, what tied everything together for me to make me think of, like, that specific scene for this song. Yeah. Yeah. now, at the end, if you listen all the way through the song, there's, like, rain and, like, that scary, like, little, what is that, like, little, like, tinkling noise mm-hmm. or whatever, and you hear the screams. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but from what I've read on the internet, the scream is supposed to be what the Constantine priests sound like. The Constantine priests are the mages that Wilhelm Ryan like captured during the mage wars and like experimented on them and turned them into basically like these creatures who do his bidding Mm. and a little backstory to this um those Constantine priests they follow claudio around uh he's on this planet um called goddardam or no, Shiloh's Ten, it's like the city or whatever is called Goddard's, Goddardam. And that's where he meets um, Ambelina. She's like a super, like very popular character that mm. a ton of like Coheed fans know about. Yes. So that's, uh, you know, and she's like constantly like in the shadows saving him from these Constantine priests. So that's where, that's what they are. So now uh, the fifth song is The Crowing. Uh, to me, this sounds very much like a 2003 song. Yeah. Just like with the guitars and the drums and like just the way it sounds. Very much 2003. Um, but I loved this song. It's uh, a good one for me. Like there's like a cool part like right in the middle of the song, you know, like with the, the guitars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? I like it. I like this song a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um that the one line specifically like but you were my favorite mm-hmm. uh, I don't know it just hits really hard like because he sings it differently than he sings like the other words yes yeah I thought that was a, a cool part it stands out mm-hmm. 
Now, for this song, I think it he he mentions Nuo, uh, you know, his old girlfriend that he loved, mm-hmm. and then he men- mentions Ambelina. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, "For you, the Nuo that I loved," and then when he mentions Ambelina, he says, uh, "Dear Ambelina." I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of torn like with what this song means because he's, it's like he's talking to both or like singing to both of these women. Yeah. And I kind of thought that maybe like it's him like accepting his role as the crowing and, you know, like maybe regretting that he had to leave Nuo, but now like, you know, like... Ambelina's in his life and I don't know that's just kind of what I gathered from it so yeah um one thing I want to bring up is uh as I'm listening to it more and more uh the drummer specifically like plays in the pocket and what does that mean doesn't go crazy like a lot of drummers play like they hit the crash on like every backbeat and everything like that I don't know he just keeps the beat really tight and nice and it just fits in the song really well knowing this is another one of the bands like they play all their parts um like together really well if that makes sense and there's no like this or that it's like it's all like kind of perfect together yeah like no one person is like or like no one instrument is standing out above the rest it all just fits no one overplays there's not a bunch of weird feels there's not like a bunch of weird um like guitar solos like there's not any kind of extra it's just like it is like this is it Mm -hmm. i don't know i like that a lot about that i I did need to bring that up yeah like a really tight band yeah i could see that that's i'm glad you mentioned that because that Definitely makes yeah, a lot of it, sense. If you go back and if you refer to like Circus Survive, it was I talked about how it was way more loose, right? A lot of ringing guitar tones and like like all that kind of stuff. This is like way tighter, like compressed. Just I don't know. Yeah, it's way different. I get it. I like it. Yeah. Um, I really like like the singing. What is it called? Like when singing is like overlapping, you know, like at the end, like overdubs. Is that what it is? Yeah. I thought that was a really pretty part of the song too. Yeah, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So now we move on to Blood Red Summer. Uh, this was a good one. I liked it a lot. Yeah, this is another like super poppy song. Mm-hmm. The video is really cool. Yeah, I like the music video too. Mm-hmm. How they're like he's in like this compound, mm-hmm. like with uh, trip wires, and he's in the middle of the woods. And mm-hmm. I thought it was really neat. I liked it. Very like doomsday survivor type. Yes, thing. eating beans out of a can or whatever. Yeah. And uh, after all these like deep songs and everything it kind of just keeps the album interesting like it's kind of right in the middle mm-hmm. or close to it and uh yeah just a good fit yeah and and this is this is one of those songs that i you know i listened to and i'm really no way that i could uh relate it to the book um so it was just like a nice like breakup or like break in mm-hmm. the album um and it, like you said, it was fun. It's fun to listen to, fun to sing along to. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, same. All right. So now we get to probably my, it's my favorite song on the album. And it's, gosh, probably like one of my top three favorite songs of all time. I don't know what it is about this song, but I absolutely love it. It is the Camper Valorium 1, Faint of Hearts. Yeah. 
this uh just like the way he sings, the guitars, the drums, mm-hmm. just everything about it is like the perfect song for me. Yeah, I feel like it's a really good just rock song mm-hmm. in general with the cowbell and everything. Um, yeah, I'm surprised this wasn't a single. I know. I, I don't know why this song isn't like, but you know, more popular. They're like it's it like you said, it wasn't a single. There's no music video, and to me, like mm-hmm. this is like the perfect song it checks mm-hmm. all of my boxes yeah. and um just like like the way he sings things mm-hmm. too and like the what is it the i don't know the cadence or like just the way he yeah, yeah. is that what it is yeah a vocal pattern right right whatever. yes exactly that i love it um so the camper valorium is a ship um, Fane of Hearts is a bar in Goddardam. Now, there's this creepy guy. His name is Al the Killer. And he is, you can tell by his name, obviously a completely terrible person. His thing is he had this girlfriend. Uh, I think her name was Lucy. And he was like in love with her, crazy about him. She, I think, left him. And so his thing is now he kidnaps women and kills them. And that's like his shtick. That's his thing. Because every woman he sees or like the women that he talks to or tries to pick up, they remind him of Lucy. Mm. Um, I think this song is. It's like to me, he's like singing this song to a girl and trying to rationalize like why he is killing them maybe like to himself or you know just kind of giving like a reason like this is why i'm doing this yeah um it's a very like fun upbeat light-hearted song and um as you can see there's like two there's like the next song the camper valorium to the back end of forever yeah even though there's like one, two, and three of this song, each song is incredibly different. You start out fun, then you kind of start out uh, like sad yeah. in the second one. Mm-hmm. So like this song to me, this was sad. It had a sad vibe to it. Yeah, it's definitely not my favorite on the album for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to me it was hard to follow the Camper Valorium one because it is my favorite song. So I feel like anything they would have put after this, I would have been like, oof, not as good. Yeah. Can, can I stop you for just one second? Yeah. Is, um, does each one book correlate with one album or is it like all mixed together? Did we talk about that? So like in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, that matches the graphic novel in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just... It's a book. It's an album. Yes. That's a, yes. Part of the story. Yeah. So like you have like the second uh, stage turbine blade. Yeah. Uh, that goes with that book. Okay. And I didn't then, know if it was just a giant story and then they separated it into albums or something. But it is a giant story. Um. But it's chrono like it it uh progresses. So like you have uh what is it the year of the black rainbow. Yeah. That's like one of their later albums, but it goes with the novel, The Year of the Black Rainbow, and that's before 
Okay. Like that's when that's the the story about like how coheating Cambria like came or Cambria came to be. Okay. So. I guess I didn't realize the books had the same titles as the albums. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. All right. So this, you know, we're still on Al and we're still on like his story and what he's doing. Um This was a good song, like I said, not my favorite. It's kind of hard to follow for me. Uh, But this song is, like we said earlier, sad. And I thought maybe this song was about like Lucy and their relationship and maybe like him like looking back on that relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, He's seriously delusional. Like, you know, obviously he's a killer, but... um, I I did like how like this series of songs I guess were like it's like different stages of emotions that Al the Killer is going through. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Maybe not my favorite song, but still neat. Oh, for sure. So now we have uh, the ninth song, the Camper Valorium Three, Al the Killer, and this is definitely darker and more like angry sounding than the previous two songs. Definitely. It's uh, absolutely one of the heavier songs on the entire mm-hmm. album. And uh, I like this one. I did too. I really yeah. liked this one. I think it's cool. Yep. Um, there's a part where he sings like Die White Girls. And the way he sings that is just like so great. It sounds so perfect and fits like very well within the song. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um. This one, I mean, just, it was, I think that this one is talking about uh, maybe like uh, his secret is found out, you know, because nobody knew he was a killer because when they were on Goddardam, he, Al the Killer saved um, Claudio, Ambelina, and Sizer. They had no idea he was like a crazy murderer. Mm -hmm. And at one point in the book, um, Ambelina, she like finds like his little like locker of women where he like hangs all of them. Yeah. And, uh, I think that that's probably what this, this song is about. Like everybody or like maybe just like Ambelina cause he tries to kill her too. Uh, I think that's what this song is. So pretty crazy. Yeah, this guy is like a real jerk within the move, like within the book. There's like you when you read the book, you'll see him like he'll be like talking to a different girl in different scenes, like every time, and he'll be like, "Oh yeah, Lucy, whatever." And you, every time the girl's like, "That's not my name," or "My name isn't Lucy." So I thought that was a funny, yeah, not funny, but you know what I mean, right? So now we move on to the tenth song. Uh, a favorite house Atlantic. Yeah. This is a super popular one. It is. Uh, it's. I think it's a great song. It's another good song you can sing along to, and mm-hmm. it's just fun to listen to. Another really catchy one. Um, this is. If I were to pick a song that stands out like on its own, it would probably be this one. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, it talks about like a sniper and everything. Yes. That's a big part of the story, right? Or uh. No? N- I, this is another one of the songs that I couldn't figure out how it relates to the book. Um, the House Atlantic is where Wilhelm Ryan is. You know, that's where they had the battle. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm missing it, but when I read the books, I because um, they they uh, Coheed and Cambria they fight him, and I don't re- I don't remember in any battle at the House Atlantic 
a sniper being involved. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I like overlooked it. I don't know. But if I mean, if anybody knows, please tell me because I'd be interested to hear. I just I couldn't relate anything. Yeah. Where were the um, how would they get all of us? On the, uh, the register. Yeah, the register. We have the we have an Instagram. It's the register podcast. Yeah, on Instagram and then um, the register uh, podcast at gmail dot com. Yes, that one too. So feel free. Yes, please. Um, but yeah, I love this song. I think it was great. I thought the music video was funny. It was a a great music video for the song. Uh, I'd have to revisit it. I don't remember much of it. Isn't that the one where they're uh, in the bar? It know? is. Yeah, but I just don't. I mean, I watched it a few weeks ago, but I don't know. I'd have to revisit it. My short-term memory is horrible. That's okay. All right, so now the 11th song. This is The Light and the Glass, and they really slow it down uh, for a second with this one. Yeah, they do. They really do. Mm -hmm. There's uh, this part when he sings just like Liar over and over again yeah i loved it it's mm. like super high and like the guitars like playing it sounds like very happy and sweet mm -hmm. and i really really enjoyed that part of the song yeah that's good um this is another one that i i had to actually look it up to try and figure out like what this song was about because i couldn't do it i or i just wasn't forming any kind of idea yeah now, there's two thoughts about what this song is about, but the general consensus is that it's either about him uh, leaving his family and going on tour, or it's about Claudio becoming the crowing. Mm. So, I mean, either way you want to take it, I guess, would work. Uh, but it's, I think it was a really pretty song, a very beautiful song, and the end, it has like a cute little sound. I don't know. It was just... Mm -hmm. It was just a pleasant song to listen to. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Uh, the last song is 2113. Mm -hmm. I really like this one. Yeah, it's a good way to end the mm -hmm. album. Yeah, it was a very, to me, it was just a very like strong finish to, uh, to the album. There's been like speculation that this is a tribute to Rush. I don't know, though. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh Rush has an album called 2112. Okay. This is 2113. I don't know how it correlates. I yeah. have no idea. I, I don't either. It's just that's just what some people think. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe not. But that's just uh, what it's about. Um, I really enjoyed it. There was like like a lot of like different like, I don't know, like switch ups in this song. Like it would be like. Yeah, they write really interesting guitar parts. Yes. And uh, notably in this song. Yeah, I don't know how to explain that, but to right. me this song like switched a bunch mm -hmm. within it, and I really liked that. I thought it kept it interesting. Um, the middle of the song, like that was a really neat part. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know what this one's about either. Um, <laughs> maybe it's about like Claudio missing his mom, Cambria. Mm. Um, but so I don't know, but then he's got the interesting part at the end that I robot will never die. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess it's up for interpretation. Sure. But that's cool. Um, super epic album. And again, uh, I've listened to it, man, I don't know, probably by now 25, 30 times over the years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
I'm liking it more and more. Um, I don't gravitate towards it by any means, but I do like it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's it's one of my favorites. Um, I love reading, though. That's my favorite thing to do. So I, I love that uh, music can tie into... Um, a story that I really like. I think it's really great and yeah. I love it. And like I said earlier, if anybody wants to discuss the Amory Wars, I would love to. Um, I don't know a lot of people who like the story. Uh, so you can message us on Instagram at the register podcast, or we also have our email, the register podcast at Gmail. Yeah. So, yeah that was it it was my time to shine thank you for listening (laughs) yeah that was a good one um if you don't know anything about Killian Cambria I think this would be a good start I do too your first album is a little rougher not as well produced Mm -hmm. later albums are way produced starting with the third album this one's right in the middle where it's just enough to be great right like right not that their other albums aren't I'm just saying this is a good start yeah and uh yeah, I would recommend this to literally everyone. I think it's got maybe something, a little bit of something for everybody, even if, uh, you know, you're not a, necessarily into this kind of music. Absolutely. That's Coheed Cambria in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. Yeah. And uh, that's the register. Yeah, thanks. Have a good day. Bye.